Hey Candy Fam, this is Nate from Talking Candy. We wanted to let you know that this audio podcast is a recording from a weekly YouTube series on the Talking Candy YouTube channel. We often reference charts and other visual aids throughout the show that in our opinion improve the overall experience. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe so that you can stay informed on everything in the world of candy each and every week. What's up, Candy Fam? My name is Nate, that's David, and this is the Talking Candy Weekly Update. Each week, we take a dive into everything going on in the world of candy and give you an idea of what you need to be paying attention to. And while David and I each have collections of our own, none of this is financial advice. Please do your own research. We're just having a good time. David, it's been a few weeks. We've got a little bit of an announcement here, but how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's good to be back. Good to be talking candy. Once again, it is, it is. We've got a lot to catch up on. We're going to talk through the three different challenges, the play of the day challenges, the Titan challenges and the icon challenges. We're also going to discuss the update on the version one of a loyalty program, as well as the unvaulted packs that are to come next week. Uh, but we also just wanted to announce that we are going to take a break from the, the weekly videos during the MLB off season doesn't mean that there won't be videos on Talking Candy throughout the offseason. They'll just be more sporadic and based on particular things happening. So we are going to shift away from the weekly videos for the time being, but you will still see us. We'll still be around. So just wanted to announce that at the top. But yeah, the let's start. Let's start with the Titan challenges. Because these just finished up last week. It was a long, a long process. And there were some highs, there were some lows, and I think it's time for us to to decompress a little bit and and talk about kind of what that what that process looked like and what we felt about it. So, pull up some of my Red Sox Titans. I've got uh I've got all but one. I mistakenly did not mint a Trevor Story, and now I'm left with a very a very tough situation. There's currently one listed for $1,200, which is just slightly out of my budget. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's start with you. What are what are your what's your knee jerk reaction to to Titans and you know what was your process like and how did you think it all went? So my knee jerk reaction was that I think it it more or less accomplished what it set out to. Um, it, it gave people something to do with the leadoff set mm -hmm. right that that was that was the like the level one of what we needed from some type of event is just something and because that set had such high mint counts uh it was a good way to consolidate it was a good way to take you know 17 or 34 icons and turn them into one you know compressing that coal into a diamond as it were and so you know, personally, you know, my my collection was ballooning out of control with the, the prices of the leadoff set. And being able to to get that consolidation and get those those higher rarity cards, I enjoyed that a lot, particularly getting as many of my giants as I could. As far as how it went, I think it went about as well as we expected it to. If you if you knew what you wanted and 
you know, early on when they announced the burning event, if you knew what you wanted and you bought pieces for those Titans, you, you generally did pretty well. In some cases, very well. Because we saw those later lineups get a lot more expensive to price out. It's just unfortunate that there was such a disparity between lineups 4, 5, 6, and 1, 2, and 3. Right? I mean, it, it worked out if you were going for guys from those lineups to begin with, or if you already had a substantial collection of players who happened to be from those lineups. But the reality was, you know, they didn't sell as many leadoff packs as they wanted to, and it created that dynamic. And, and we, of course, recognized the supply issues. We recognized how that would affect the prices. And that that's good. It's good to be able to take those factors and make an educated decision and make a game plan and work within that. But that doesn't mean the fact that that disparity exists was the best thing for candy in general, right? The fact that three of the lineups cost significantly more than the others mm -hmm. and ended up with significantly less Titans. It's, it's interesting and it's something to, to pay attention to and consider, but it's, I mean, if your favorite player happened to be from lineup six, and if you weren't ready from minute one to be stacking them up, then you had to pay a lot more for your favorite player than someone from lineup one or two. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, because we're so clued in to what was happening, we already had, you know, our players. I already had all my giants because I, I was getting a full rainbow even before Titans were announced. You already had your Red Sox. Those wheels were already in motion, so it didn't it didn't catch us by surprise or it didn't you know, it, it didn't hurt us too much that it played out that way. But I could see it being a negative for people who weren't as prepared to be buying 17 copies of their favorite player mm -hmm. instead of just the one. Yeah, I mean, you you nailed you nailed most of it there. The the pros were that it was a fun distraction and and you and I both enjoyed it and I think a lot of people enjoyed it and we went at it from the angle of a sports fan. I did all the Red Sox, except for Story. Got to figure that one out. You did all the Giants, and we both did a few a few others on top of it. You know, I've got a Buxton. I've got a Romano. I've got a handful of other ones that, that I liked or of guys that I just happened to pull epics of, etc. And it also helped me clean up the collection, to your point. But that's almost like a... It is a backhanded compliment, right? Because there shouldn't have been a collection to clean up in the first place. It was, it was a, a bandaid on a botched leadoff series drop in the first place. So I think that it was a great learning experience. And I think that burning is awesome. Like, I think that the, the concept of it is great. I think we're going to see a lot more of it and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm happy about that. We've seen it with the, the 22 all-stars. We know that we're about to get new challenges new burning challenges with the unvaulted boxes that are about to come out. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. So love burning and, and love the concept of it. It's just unfortunate that we needed it to kind of just put camouflage on the fact that we ended up with a whole lot of junk in our collections. And that's just the reality of it. So, you know, the, your point about the, the different lineups, the, you know, I think that one of the, the toughest parts about that is that yeah you and i knew what was going on and a lot of people on the in the in the know knew what was going on but i think that i'm sure that there were a lot of people that were confused by it weren't sure why 
you know, a Cody Bellinger was as expensive as he was and, and things like that, while other guys of, of re- relatively high interest were a lot cheaper or minting out super quickly. I know people that didn't get their Otani because he was so readily available, plus the demand, all that. So, and then I also think that the mint counts of All-Stars substantially overshadowed these Titans and the timing mm-hmm. of it all was unfortunate. And I think that that is... That's a pretty big bummer too, because I think that these Titans would have held greater value if, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the order of operations needed to be there, but I do know that when all of a sudden rares were out of 57, these Titans out of 100, it was kind of like, well, wait, what's the most desirable thing here? So uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Some of it is up to to the collector. Some of it might come down to some of the loyalty program and rewards and, and things of that nature. You know, I'm not exactly sure, but there was a lot of positive learning experience that came out of it. But, you know, just in general, and this is not this is not a hot take, but the leadoff series was was it was a mess. And we got to the end of it here. We've got some some cool Titans. I do think that the Titans are cool. The mint counts are low, especially with some of the guys from the the later lineups. But also, in a lot of cases, there were there were plenty of guys that it ended up being cheaper to just buy from the handful of people that were looking to sell it on airdrop day than to to mint it yourself. So even as early as I was on Devers, he's still selling for less than what I spent to put those pieces together. Now the Red Sox missed the playoffs. That changes things too. We did see, you know, with the icon challenges, but not just that, also just people's emotions that. Guys that ended up in the playoffs, guys that were performing in the postseason, those cards held their values or increased. So it is good to see that real baseball is continuing to impact these cards. That's that's nice. So I just happened to pick a guy that didn't make the playoffs. So that's that's the way it's going to go sometimes when you're you know betting on individual players. Um, I don't know. To your point about yeah, some of, sometimes it being confusing with some players cost more than others. Like that OG bottleneck of the Titan set was Randall Grichuk, minting mm-hmm. um, 46 in one of those first few weeks there. And that number has since been undercut. Uh, I believe Yastrzemski still ended up as as the overall low with 43 minutes. Yeah, mints, he did. He did. Which, which is great for me because as a Giant, I had several coming my way already. Um, so I can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can see why others might. But yes, the order of things is confusing. And... Some things I, I don't understand why why they weren't consistent. Because you, you mentioned the, the All-Star set came out for 2022 and that had lower mint counts than the Titans. And it, it kind of gives you some confusion about what should be valued which way. Mm-hmm. But then the All-Star set, it still had like lower core mints and lower uncommon mints than the leadoff set. And rather than being priced more similar to last year's All-Star set, People were pricing the newest lower mint count set as though it were still the same mint count or the same pieces as the leadoff set, mm-hmm. right? People who had 2,750 cores in the leadoff set were having their 377 cores from the all-star set be priced exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really understand that. Like, how can something that's more rare, you know, 
negatively affect the price of something like the Titans that had a higher mint count. Mm -hmm. But then also the thing with the higher mint count caused people to price the new, more rare thing the same as the less rare thing. If that makes sense. It's like, how, how did they both affect each other, but in the opposite way? They, yeah. I didn't see a consistency there. Well, I, th I think the answer, I know the answer is that we don't have collector score. So mm -hmm. we continue to add new product and you're adding it to this, you know, we've got six different leadoff series lineup. They all have different distribution, which means that they all have different supply, which means that they're all going to be able to satisfy the demand uniquely. And mm -hmm. it continues to lead. Not everybody, most people are not paying attention the way that we are. And most people are not paying attention the way that people in discord are it's not just you and i you know there's a there's a niche group in discord that's paying really close attention and it's probably only 100 people i don't know 200 like i don't know what the number is but it's small so it's unfortunate it's unfortunate that there isn't more of a of a framework to identify like okay these these rares out of 57 should not be flirting with the prices of the rares out of 500 it's a, mm -hmm. it's a tenth of the supply, and yet I'm picking up, I'm stacking JD Martinez rares for nine dollars each, and I know it's JD Martinez. I know he's probably not on the Red Sox next year. I know his career is coming down to the, to the end here. But just in the grand scheme of of rarity, and and if we do get some type of collector score, that it just feels like these rares out of fifty seven are undervalued and. I could be totally wrong. They could never point anything towards that at all. And it might not matter. So uh, who knows? But to me, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that there are $5 22 all-star rares getting listed, even if they are relievers that just shouldn't be available. So, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's, it's the fact that there isn't the demand out there to satisfy the fact that we have a lot of different products. And I think just taking a look back at at everything like at this year of MLB products we now have leadoff series Cal Ripken boxes Hall of Fame all-star and now we're going to get these you know the unvaulted with with some additional inserts and things like that they've all got oh and Titans we'll we'll count that mm -hmm. as its own unique thing too right so all different mint counts all different supplies and a lot of the ones with different supply look like in theory they should be the same. So it's just, it's it's a mess. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the framework of next year's leadoff series is because that's when we're gonna find out if Candy learned from its mistakes. Because we knew when we found out that they were theoretically going to be releasing two and a half million leadoff series NFTs that that sounded aggressive after having launched you know released just seventy five thousand icons with the twenty five thousand packs on the original drop so it's a ton of information and we've learned a lot and it's not to say that there are not things that that went well and that we haven't learned things but the the supply equation has just been it's just been a headache to keep track of first and foremost yeah. so you know, we'll we'll see where that ends up. We'll see we'll see what they do with that. And you know, it's 
I like the other products that are being released. I like the challenges that are being built around it. Uh, I think that the play of the day challenges have been the best that they've done. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Is there anything, anything you wanted to, to finish with on the leadoff series slash Titans there before we jump into the other challenges? Just because I'm still generally optimistic about the future of digital collectibles, you know, just as a principle, just as something that I think will become more adopted widespread. And it just kind of reminds me that decades ago, kids would take baseball cards and put them in the spokes of their bicycle, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they had no value assumed or otherwise. They were just cool things that they traded amongst each other. And it's only the fact that so, so many of them got destroyed just because they were playthings mm-hmm. that the one that remained grew more valuable and grew more rare over time. You know, it wasn't something that happened in in a year or even five or ten you know it was it was that distance of time and that growth of them as you know as a collectible that brought them to where they are today and so i'm still optimistic and hopefully this is something we look back on and even as big as the leadoff supply was we can be surprised maybe that it took so long for you know, the community to be large enough to, to make it feel small. Yeah. And that's a great point because the bottom line is that if we get an influx of user base in the coming years, that these are still going to be low min counts. And so the upside is still there and the demand, I mean, the supply is, is going to be set in stone by the end of this year, you know, and then five years from now, who knows what the what the new demand is with a new user base. So I just hope that they find a way to continue to to just balance the whole ecosystem. And I think that a loyalty program slash collector score has a lot to do with that. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's jump into the icon challenges. We've had four different ver- or four different rounds for each of the rounds of the playoffs. Wildcard, Division, Championship, and World Series. The World Series Challenge just dropped a couple hours ago, today on Tuesday the 8th. Uh, but basically, the way that these work, and we did touch on these a little bit a couple weeks ago, but there were there's a list, a list of players that performed particularly well. They hit at least one statistical criteria of a list of criteria. It could be RBIs, home runs, saves, strikeouts, things of that nature. So the round would end so the wild card round ended and then you had three tiers that you could potentially collect and so you needed to hit a majority of the list the list on tiers one through three consisted of hitting uncommon or higher rare or higher and epic or higher on the three tiers and then you would get an increase in reward at each tier the reward stacked the rewards were leadoff packs from the later series or the later lineups, lineups three through six. One and two were already fully distributed. So those are the ones that were vaulted. So some of those had been set aside to be prizes. And so the the premise, well, here, I'll just, I'll show the, the rest of the graphics here. So division series, we see that we had an increased list and you didn't have to hit quite as high a percentage of it. And then... For the championship series and the world series it started to shrink down 
the World Series being the smallest. Uh, so you can you can see those numbers on the on the screen. You can pause it and take a look. But the pack rewards were three, four, and five for tiers one, two, and three in every round except for the first one. The wild card round it was one decreased from that, so it was two, three, and four. You know the I I love the format of that of these. So mm -hmm. let's just start with the positive here because. We took into account real stats. You could predict it. If you were watching baseball, like somebody would hit a home run and you'd see a few of their rares get bought up right away. That was awesome. You know, I was buying some of them. I was watching other people buying them. Some nights I wasn't buying anything. I was just enjoying watching the buy feed as, you know, I know when Tucker hit two home runs, I went nuts. A bunch of other people went nuts. You know, that's why I put that that rare Tucker there. I, I thought that those, again, those rare all-stars, they were calling my name. So that was awesome and i you know we've talked about how we like that you don't have to hit the whole list you just have to hit a majority of it and you know so the the format of this was fantastic love it mm -hmm. the, the the things that oh and the other thing is that, that it's great for is anybody that's already a big collector you know someone like yourself right the the uncommon tier at each step of the way has only cost you a few bucks to round out the the stuff mm -hmm. that you've already had and then you could decide if you wanted to do the rare so that's great so somebody that's already got a bunch of rares got a bunch of epics it's cool that they're getting rewarded for just having a big collection and that it makes sense for them to go buy the couple pieces that they need i love that like i'm not uh, not upset about that for one second. So that's really cool. But for somebody that didn't already have a big collection, somebody that maybe only had a couple, you know, for me, I decided to do the wild card round and I did it on the uncommon and the rare tier. I'll go back to that, that graphic real quick. So I did the 19 rares and I did the, you know, I had to add the, tw the two uncommons and ended up with the five packs. So the to me the the problem here is that the prizes were weak and i'm only comparing that to the play of the day prizes because the play of the day prizes were really cool so the play of the day challenge you were getting this unique new nft based on plays or moments that had happened in that round that were the coolest and so those have been small mint counts they're holding high value they were really really cool rewards and and People responded well to them, and we're going to talk about that next. Meanwhile, for the icon challenges, we're receiving packs that were already kind of falling out of favor with people, packs that we know have a whole bunch of supply coming next week. And so after the wild card round, we saw a huge dip in leadoff packs, not just because there was a you know an airdrop of all the packs, but also because we got the announcement about the vaulted packs coming out. So we ended up in a situation where it just wasn't that exciting to to complete these because what you were getting out of it, it was like I was more excited to get the 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 rare cards than than the packs themselves because let's face it, ripping those packs a lot of downside there too, and we already know that. So. Like I said, it, you know, I love the design of it and I had a ton of fun doing it. Like I really did. I enjoyed it just simply, you know, just enjoying it as a as a collector. It was fun. But the the prizes were weak. It, it left something to be desired. And 
Oh, and then the la the last piece was that it was just a, a a pretty big flop on integrating the 2021 cards, and I'm really hoping that they learn from that going forward. You know, we needed to see something where, and I've already said this before, but I'll just say it again, and then I'll I'll pass the baton. But you know, for something like tier two, instead of it being rare or higher, it should have been you know, figuring out what that sweet spot is for each set. I love that they were using all the different sets, but maybe if it was a, a leadoff series rare, it was a 22 all-star uncommon and a 21 all-star core. And any of those three mm -hmm. would have sufficed to, to fit that role. So I would, you know, for example, I would have done the World Series challenge, the rare, the tier two World Series challenge today had my core 21s counted. You know, I had a Presley, I had a Castellanos, Plus I had my Tucker rare, I had, you know, a couple other rares. So it could have added up to make sense for me to do that. But instead it was, it was going to cost, you know, $150 plus to, to round it all out and get a, get a handful of packs that I feel like are just going to get heavily watered down when we get these big boxes of, of more leadoff series stuff next week. So that's my long winded spiel. Um, you know, what, what's your take on this? I agree with, with everything you said. Now, the point that you mentioned, though, that we've got that new supply coming for the 22 leadoff, uh, that means if you are rounding out your sets, uh, maybe don't look to leadoff, even if it's the cheapest right now. You know, if, if you have a choice between a, a leadoff rare and an all-star rare, if there's not that much of a jump up in price to get the all-star rare, that might be safer mm -hmm. because there's going to be a lot more leadoff rares coming very soon. But the All Star rares, if you you know you're looking at the 22 All Stars, you know that that's even if it's a more expensive option right now, I would expect that it's going to hold its value better than the leadoff set. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that you mentioned that the format itself is fantastic. It's just the prize that's lacking, and so I hope Candy doesn't take the wrong message. Like if there's not a huge participation in these challenges, I hope they don't write them off and do them less as a result of that. And I hope they recognize that it's just, you know, the carrot at the end of the stick there, you know, it just isn't enough to entice people to to open up their wallets to, to finish those challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've, I've been doing the uncommon tier uh, because I either already had enough or I was very close. And I've been, you know, shying away from the other tiers unless there were enough rares and epics at reasonable prices from either the hall of fame set or one of the all-star sets i've been avoiding dipping into the leadoff set to finish those challenges for exactly that reason definitely i already i already have 630 out of 630 leadoffs and a lot of them are cores there's a good number of uncommons but i just don't feel the need to expand my collection in that direction at this time but making a play in one of those more limited sets feels more lasting. And yeah. so even if the prize is lackluster, those, just more of the leadoff packs, at least the collection that I'm building to get the prize feels more substantial. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great, excellent point. Like that was some of the strategy that I used when I did the wild card round. I ended up with a handful of rare Hall of Fame cards that are in my collection now that I was happy to get. Um, and to also to your point, like, let me just pull this up here. So this is the cheapest leadoff series rare 
Kyle Schwarber. It's $23. But this was in a later lineup, which means that these are going to go down next week. You know, uh, it could be cut in half. It could be a quarter. You know, I, I'm not sure. But for $10 more, you can get this all-star out of 57. So a tenth of the mint count fully distributed for 33 bucks or 500 mint count filled with uncertainty. Who knows what happens with it for $23. In that situation, I'm for sure grabbing this $33 all-star. You know, and it doesn't really, it's just a, a tiny little concept, but this this type of scenario I'm sure will play out in other challenges. So it's worth thinking about what you're buying beyond just the, the literal dollar amount because I think that this rare Schwarber out of 57 holds up over time compared to the, the out of 500. So those are great mm -hmm. points. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it on those. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, I, I really hope that Candy does these icon challenges during the regular season next year. And this is the exact type of thing where we said all along, okay, maybe we can't do fantasy baseball, but this is really close to that. And it allows people that are watching baseball, paying attention to guys that are you know, accumulating stats. This is a variation of fantasy sports. Even if it's kind of simplified, it allows somebody that's paying attention to to be ahead of the eight ball. And so, yeah, I, I hope that they do these more. I hope that they consider what the the prizes might be. I mean, they're not going to, hopefully not going to have to deal with this leadoff series situation again. So there's a ton of potential here. And I was really, really tempted to do the World Series one today just to do it because I just wanted to. Um, so even being bad prizes, I was still, I was really, really close to just being like, let's do it and, and see what happens. So mm -hmm. I hope Candy elaborates on this. I hope that we get these challenges throughout the entire regular season next year, truly do. Um, so I hope they improve upon this process because I'm a huge proponent of it and we've been asking for more challenges all along and we have continued to love seeing the challenges that are getting put out. So let's uh, let's jump into the last the last challenge here that we're going to talk about, which is the play of the day. And I was oh, here we go. So I've got uh, got David's collection pulled up here. And this is the the master play of the day collection, which you can verify on Serial Chaser. Obviously verify everything manually in your own collection to be sure, because you don't want to end up one shy. So definitely go in and do that manual process, but an awesome way to see what you have. As you can see, David is uh, is well underway here. So um, yeah, why don't, you, why don't you jump in and take the lead on this? I think that this is by far been the the, uh, the most well-designed set of challenges we've seen so far. Yeah. So starting with the wild card round, you know, Candy was on top of it with play of the days. You know, they had a, a challenge set up where you needed both the older last year's play of the days from the playoffs, as well as some of the regular season play of the days for the playoffs, as well as some of the play of the days for the winning teams of this year's playoffs and so it's like those three things you know last year's playoff play of the days something from this year and something from this postseason and collecting those would get you 
one of those chasers you see in front of you for each round of the playoffs. And so you've got the wildcard chasers, the division chasers, the championship chaser, and now the World Series chaser is going to require all of the above. It's going to require all of the previous chasers as well as each of the play of the days from the the entire postseason. And so it's just kind of one of those things that's just been kind of feeding into itself, but but in a positive way and in a way where each of the prizes was something new and something unique to that series. And so I'm, I, I love this challenge. You know, I, I've throughout the season just been getting one of each play of the day, or in some cases more, when it has a significance to me. But, you know, just this way to commemorate the, the postseason and the playoffs and and just get rewarded incrementally, you know, even mm-hmm. if even if you were just a Cleveland Guardians fan and you just wanted to focus on them and buy all of their play of the days, you still would have ended up with one of their chasers when they won a round of the playoffs. And so even if you're not going for everything, you would still have enough to complete your team's challenge, um, you know, and, and that's that's fantastic. And, and the fact that so few people have done it has kept those met counts low, which just makes it feel all the more special to those of us who did. And, you know, I, regardless of, of what their price is, I'm, I'm still going to be holding mine because they'll, you know, because they're mine. I, I think I have an extra of one of them. I think the Padres, someone sold one pretty cheap. So I picked up a spare, but, but otherwise, you know, these are, these are my play of the days and they're in my collection and that's where they're going to stay. And, and I can't wait to see what the, the master challenge is going to look like for having everything. I'm sure most of the people who are going to go for that challenge are just going to be the people who have been keeping up since the beginning of the playoffs. I'm not anticipating too many people uh, paying markup prices for these chasers to try and complete the the full the full thing. But it's just been an example of something done right in the challenge space by Candy, and I, they hit this one out of the park as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the just the reward themselves are super cool i mean the play of the days are super cool just looking at this little collection of the the 10 chasers or yeah 10 of them um is a great design and it and it utilized the 2021 product we saw all of those prices spike and and create liquidity on those and it rewarded people that had been collecting play of the days all along but it wasn't unachievable for people that hadn't um you know i personally am just i i love the icons it's just where my focus is i haven't stayed focused on the play of the day the way that you have so i didn't personally complete these challenges it's just you can only do so much but i from the outside looking in it just looks really cool and it looks like the type of design that that we should be striving for because Having those unique challenges, uh, having those unique rewards, just makes it really special. Whereas the the packs that you got for the icon challenges are just packs that you either flip to to pay for the cards that you acquired, or you rip them and then it's kind of just forgotten. So to have these to to round out the commemoration of this season as a whole. And, you know, to anybody that was collecting the whole season of Play of the Days, it was just really nice cherry on top of the whole thing. So can't wait to see what that 
that final master reward is. I'm sure that it's going to be cool. I'm sure they're going to come up with something cool. But yeah, that's, you know, that's that. That's challenges. That's, uh, we, we've come a long way from, from begging for challenges. You know, mm-hmm. really, really satisfied over these last couple of months to see that this has become such a huge priority for Candy. And I've enjoyed taking it all in, participating in some of it, hearing people's conversation about it. And I think that it only is going to be improved upon as we move into next year with so much knowledge gained and and so much, you know, room to to improve upon everything. So great foundation. And, and I hope that we continue to see new elements moving forward. Anything else that you want to touch on challenges before we uh, move ahead here? No, I think I think we hit it all pretty well. Okay. Um, so let's see here we are let's we're going to talk about the vaulted the the unvaulted packs but uh let's quickly just discuss the the loyalty the loyalty program update so basically what was here i'll pull open what was the roadmap so as you can see in early fall down the bottom features, we were supposed to see Candy Loyalty Program version one and Engagement Rewards version one. We don't exactly know what either one of those things mean. We are getting some hints now. We did receive an announcement a few days ago that this was not going to happen in early fall, which we all kind of all figured out on our own. Uh, But basically, Mm -hmm. I wrote down some bullets. It was a, a fairly substantial update or you know it was multiple paragraphs larger than what we usually see but so first of all it's being delayed to late fall early winter even though it was supposed to be early fall uh the final details are going to be announced three weeks from well the this announcement was on 11 3 so probably you know in about two and a half weeks we should have final details on it all but uh the the things that we're supposed to be seeing things that are coming are on-site collection challenges, more burning, a reward system. I think having everything on site is a big piece of it. So like calendar of events was was mentioned in terms of the engagements, the snapshots and the different challenges, having that all mapped out, you know, somewhere on the Candy website that desperately needs to be there. So it's good to see that they're prioritizing that. And then we are going to have a a new new burning challenges with these vaulted icons which it referenced uh, that these burning challenges will be paired with high-end engagement rewards. Don't know what that means. And then it also refers to the fact that it wants, Candy wants to reward top spenders and that a unique, this is in quotes, a unique metric will be incorporated for net spend over time. That one scares me a little bit because I think that, I, I hope that that's just a, a part of it, right? I hope that that's just a piece of it because I don't think that net spend, I don't think people should be punished for acquiring a better entry point on something, right? So like mm-hmm. anybody could go buy a really expensive card right now that's way over market value. I don't think they should necessarily be rewarded for that just because they're spending a lot of money with candy. Um so certainly people that are, you know, 
whales should be rewarded. I don't disagree with that at all, right? These are huge, huge players in a niche company, in a tough economy, you know, those people should be given reasons to stick around. Don't get me wrong. So certainly have that be part of it. But there was no reference to like the cards having different values or differentiating between the different sets and play of the days and stuff like that. So I really hope that we're going to value people's collections and not just mm -hmm. the money that they spent on the collection. We need some type of ecosystem to define why a leadoff series rare out of 500 is worth less than an all-star out of 57. That needs to be part of it. So again, it's, it's, it's still a really vague announcement. We still don't know much and we will find out in a few weeks and I'm sure we'll record something when that happens. But yeah. You know, we were hoping to have this sooner. We were hoping to have this right away. It was the the marquee item in that early fall list, and mm -hmm. now I'm I'm I understand that if it just wasn't ready, that it could have been worse to release it prior to being ready. So stuff happens. I get it. I'm not like I'm not complaining that we don't have it yet. It's not like we needed this imminently. We're at the end of the season anyway, so better to get it right. But I hope mm -hmm. that. I hope that it implements different elements. I hope that it doesn't just have to do with spending. Well, and when you talk about total spend too, if I were to buy, if I were to spend way too much on something worth not that much mm -hmm. on the marketplace, that's not even money that Candy's getting, at least not most of it, you right. know? So I, I would think if you're talking about net spend, you'd be talking more about those primary purchases, right? Someone who bought a bunch of packs from Candy directly. But there's no net. Someone... There's no net on that, right? Because there's nothing to. There's no. There's no credit. Well, but you could net. Like you could subtract, like if I don't know. Let's say you bought ten packs, and you sold eight of them right on the marketplace mm -hmm. you could be subtracting what you made from selling packs from what you spent and so you might end up not even having a net spend if you profited enough on what you sold versus what you kept and opened for yourself right which, and so maybe which would be a shame if people were punished for that right like i don't know i don't yeah. know but there's a lot of different ways to be involved in this space right it's you know I enjoy playing the game of using the ecosystem to pay for other things in my collection. That's part of the whole thing. So if if people are finding a way to grow a substantial candy collection by, you know, leveraging the ebbs and flows of the market, those people are valuable to this ecosystem too. There needs to be constant buying and selling for there to be an ecosystem. Right. And I like that word grow because sometimes when I'm trying to identify you know, a, a play to, to profit on, you know, it, I feel like I'm, I'm planting seeds that can then grow and then be used to purchase something that I really want. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I, you know, when something pays off, when I make a play that succeeds, it's like, Oh, great. I have more candy balance than I did before because of this thing I did. I'm going to buy another Buster Posey right. because I want another one. Right. And so I, you know, but it's just using 
the the proceeds from some of these other plays and right you're you're, you're causing sorry i was just gonna say i I agree with you like you're you're using a, a product that isn't of substantial interest to you in order to put more money into the stuff that you are interested in your giants my red Sox. like i'm not not spending that money on candy i am i'm just i'm moving it around so that i can put it into the stuff that i care most about mm-hmm. and i know it's it's not a stock market so it, you know we can't look at it as just you know being exactly like that where you want to buy low sell high and then reinvest you know, and it has those elements, but it isn't exactly, you know, like a typical stock exchange in in that way. But because it has those elements, there's going to be people like us who want to identify the trends and, you know, make the most of them mm-hmm. in a way that will allow us to collect what we want as best we can. Yeah. But at the same time, I've made plenty of emotional purchases that were not the smartest when it has been based around a Red Sox card or a product that was of so like I've been the one buying the expensive thing from somebody that's flipping it too you know what I mean like it goes both ways so but also I'm not judging anybody that's that's just here to flip like that's part of baseball cards so if you're doing that that's fine that's not what I'm doing I'm 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 doing both. I'm just, it's the whole ecosystem, but you know, I don't, I don't appreciate anybody that's judging anybody for how they want to exist in this space, because in order for there be, in order for there to be a functional market, we need buyers and we need sellers and we need people that are identifying, you know, what is undervalued and and what is overvalued and all of that. So to each their own, enjoy it how you want to enjoy it, regardless of what angle that's from. But I enjoy growing my collection through, you know, doing that wild card round challenge, selling some of those packs to make the money back and getting left with these these rare Hall of Fame icons of Ozzy Smith and Tom Seaver that I wouldn't have otherwise had. I just kind of ended up with them because I was playing the game. And so now I ended up with some cool cards as a byproduct of it. So that's that's where I stand on that. Um, anything else on that? Just to mirror what you said, I, I hope the scope of the collection matters too. Speaking for myself, I'm sure that I still have a good amount of spend that would be factored into that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I agree that shouldn't be everything. Yeah. Um, but at this point, we just don't know enough about what they're planning and what their focus is on. Uh, we just hope that they're looking at the full picture to determine, you know, what constitutes loyalty and what, you know what should be qualified for getting rewarded. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the last the last piece here uh, that we wanted to touch on is the unvaulted icon packs. So these have been a looming cloud for a long time. They're finally coming, but I will give Candy a ton of credit that they did listen to the community and they waited until the season was over. They waited till Titan burning was over and they allowed what had been established as a supply for lineups three through six to, to maintain for the rest of the season. And so that was great. And people were able to, we're, first of all, we were just able to see what that market might look like with a, a supply that was more in line with the demand. So seeing those packs 
sell at only 12,000 units, 15,000 units. That was a nice case study for us, but I'm sure for Candy as well. And I'm sure that will impact their decisions in terms of volume, quantity uh, with the next leadoff series. But we are going to see these. Uh, so just to kind of take a step back here for anybody that, you know, if you're just getting here, if you're just finding out about this, there was a substantial volume of lineups, three through six packs from the leadoff series that did not sell at retail, did not sell on the primary um, offering. So those were all vaulted. Those have since been opened by Candy. The cores have all been put into team-specific packs that can be purchased for $10 each, and those come with four cores of that given team. So $10 for um, four Red Sox cores. So there will be no, no cores in any of these uh, packs or boxes that are coming out next Wednesday, the 15th. And so the way that these are going to work are, and we don't have price points yet, those are soon to come, but you can either get a mega pack, a box, or a super box. A mega pack is going to have 10 leadoff icons as opposed to the five that we saw in the original packs. All three of these versions, uncommon is the lowest tier. In the mega packs that are just going to be individual packs with 10 leadoff icons, you cannot get a legendary. The rarities are uncommon to epic and those are the only options, but you can get the new rookies and traded players in those. The new inserts that we've seen getting posted on Discord, which I guess I should have pulled up some graphics there, but it's fine. There's going to be a few different versions of this. So we've got things like the double play series where you've got a player having a hitting highlight and then it shifts and then they catch the ball um, on themselves. So like J-Rod hits a ball to center field and then J-Rod catches it. So there's like half a dozen of those. We've got two rookie, two retired with uh, Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. So those are, I'm sure, gonna be in high demand. And there's a couple other different types of inserts too. And then, as I stated, uh, there are going to be some rookies and traded players in the, the traditional leadoff series format. So the inserts are gonna be very new looking. There's some that like almost, kind of like old patch cards, they've got the, the ball that the player hit and then it becomes like a ball that's on the card uh, that's kind of like protruding out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you can check these all on Twitter. They were all posted by the Candy account. But so these inserts are going to be part of these boxes. And so the two different versions of these boxes are both going to come with a substantial volume of cards. So the regular box is going to be eight packs of 10 leadoff icons. So you're looking at 80 cards total, chance at an insert, and a chance at legendaries, as well as a 33% chance of getting a hot pack. And the hot pack is going to contain only epics. So it's gonna be an entire pack of 10 epics. Although I'm not sure if it's referring to the hot pack of 25 epics, which is what we see is guaranteed you will get one of in the super box. So the super box is 10 packs times 25, so 250 icons, chance at an insert, chance at legendary, and you will be guaranteed a hot pack that's going to have 25 epics in it. So I'm not sure if the box, the 33% chance of getting a hot pack would be a 10 card epic or a 25 card epic. I'm not sure if that's been identified, but cool that there's a chance of, of hitting one of those in the, the smaller box. I would assume 10. I would think so too, but you never know. Yeah, but it, it, 
It's difficult. We'd have to crunch the numbers just to see how many epics are still out there and how many they could have made. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing we're also waiting for clarification on is it doesn't say uh, with a chance of legendary on the super box. Mm -hmm. It says uncommon to legendary. Mm -hmm. So some people are taking that to mean that you might get a legendary in each super box. We just don't know how many super boxes they're going to be. Right. And they could clarify it. You know, it could simply mean that it's got a chance the same as the icon boxes. Right. Uh, but but there are still a lot of legendaries out there for that leadoff set. And so it could just be that they're going to be heavily stashed in those super boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just we just need more info. We need, need to find out more. Yeah. Just like off the top of my head, 250 cards doesn't sound like enough to have a, a legendary in each one. I don't remember exactly what the, the ratios were, but it's certainly possible. The way that I interpreted it was that the icon box, a chance of a legendary, I was reading into that as being like a small chance, whereas the super box would have a really good chance, kind of similar to mm-hmm. kind of what we saw with the the epics in the Hall of Fame stuff or the the 22 All-Star stuff, things things of that nature. So just higher percentage chance or substantially higher percentage chance even so but i doubt that it's guaranteed but who knows who knows i agree that it's going to be really interesting to see not only how many are available particularly of the super boxes but also the price point i cannot imagine these are going to be cheap but i also can't imagine that there's going to be a huge demand for people to spend a ton of money on leadoff icons that being mm-hmm. said, there are going to be burning challenges that come with these. They have teased the the high-end engagement rewards attached to this, whatever that means. So it's possible that they have something up their sleeve that's going to drum up enough interest and hype that people are going to to buy these. I hope they do. You know, I hope they do. I'm I'm jaded to the leadoff series at this point. Um, it's not something that brings me particular interest but we also have a lot of questions that remain unanswered in terms of what this is all going to look like so i could easily change my tune a week from now if they do something really cool so i do think that inserting the rookies and the traded players is a cool idea the inserts are cool um interested to see what the mint counts are on those i hope it's low uh but yeah a lot of unanswered questions but we are a mere seven days away from it uh, well and as we're talking uh they did just post an update on did discord they? about okay. the vault series okay uh they wanted to confirm that they're going to be posting the uh a, a checklist as well as odds on the vaulted series this thursday november 10th uh and says but that's not all we'll also be sharing additional details on our exciting burn challenges so you know it'll be tomorrow by the time you're watching this or it could be, you know, it could have already happened depending on when you see this. Mm-hmm. But Thursday, November tenth, uh, we should know more about the the odds and those burning challenges. And it says they're not going to share the price point until Monday, November fourteenth. Uh, I would have preferred to have that information sooner because it's releasing on the fifteenth, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, it is. So that's only a day to really decide if the price is something that's going to be worth it. Um, but yeah, they're still they're still getting that information out there for us, even even right now as we speak. Cool. So I'm um, I mean, no matter what, I'm sure next Wednesday is going to be an exciting day to be paying attention to the marketplace. 
I have no idea what, what angle I'm going to play it from. I don't know. Like, I'm not really interested in adding a bunch of leadoff icons to my collection, but at the same time, the super box sounds intriguing. Not if it's a thousand dollars, but you know, we'll, we'll see, right. we'll see what it costs because it is, it's a cool concept. The hot pack is a cool concept. The inserts and increased chance at a legendary. We'll see, we'll see what it ends up being and, and how we end up feeling about it. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. That's, uh, that's the challenges. That's the stuff that's going on. We're heading into the off season here. Um, you know, I don't know what, do, do you have any, you have any general thoughts? You know, you have any plays that you're making? You have any, you know, general approach to these next few months as we have no baseball? Well, I mean, as far as the unvaulted supply, I'm going to need them to give me a reason to get more as opposed to just buying 50 cent cores off the marketplace. If I need them to burn for something, mm -hmm. you know, at this point, they need to give me a reason to pay more than the floor price, you know, because I still have extras. If, if I need to burn for something, I might already have enough to, to play around with that. And so if they give me a reason to go back for more than, than I might, but I'm going to need to see that reason, you know, either this Thursday or, or next Monday to compare what the burning is going to be with the price. Um, I'm still playing around with the sweet futures football. I've been collecting some of those. Um, but as far as baseball, I'm, you know, I've picked a few guys that I'm just stacking up and tucking away. And that's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a couple discrete plays, hold on to them, you know, presumably long term and see what happens to their values from there. But I really like the 22 all-star sets in terms of their price versus their mint count. That that feels like an, you know, an untapped opportunity. And, and so that's kind of where my focus has been on that 22 all-star set. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a whirlwind year of baseball NFTs. Mm -hmm. You know, if you'd have asked me in, in January, what we were in store for, I, I would not have believed it. You know, I wouldn't have foreseen the lead offset being as oversaturated as it was. I wouldn't have foreseen all the steps that were taken to kind of counteract that. And, you know, even just the progress in these recent months as they've found their groove in, in these challenges and these, you know, these events that they've been, you know, keeping us engaged with. Um, you know, it, it's been some negative, but a lot of positive. And, you know, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next year, too. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think we're going to have at least the way that I'm prepping for the next couple months is that I think there's going to be a lot of buying opportunity because the economy continues to be bad, could be getting worse. Um, and you add that to the fact that we are going into the off season, which traditionally November, December, January is when you want to be buying baseball cards, like traditional baseball cards. That's the, uh, the, the time to be buying. And then you sell when people start, you know, remembering again, or you're holding it at a better entry point. But right now is when people are paying attention to the other sports, you know, football, basketball, and hockey is what is going to be on people's minds right now. So I think that we'll continue to see prices dip. I think that it doesn't mean that everything will dip at the same, uh, you know, 
quantity, ratio, whatever you want to call it. But I definitely think that there's going to be good opportunity to buy some cool cards throughout the offseason. And so I'm just going to be patient and cherry pick along the way. I've got some guys that I've been stacking, same as you. But, you know, I think the one the one thing is that we just don't know what, you know, how similar to real cards this is going to be. You know, I mm-hmm. I do believe that there's going to be a substantial buying opportunity here with the attention off of it. But whether or not the season coming back bounces things, you know, forward, which sets appreciate, you know, I'm not sure. I agree with you. I think that the all-star stuff with really low mint counts at affordable prices are really intriguing. The 22 all-star stuff, you know, I think Titans continue to be intriguing, especially debut cards and things like that. I think that thinking about badges that are inevitably going to be added, guys that, you know, Goldschmidt and Harper, or sorry, Goldschmidt and Judge are going to probably have MVP badges. There's going to be guys that win Cy Young, Silver Slugger, gold gloves like do all of those get badges i don't know but they could so it's things like that that i'm going to be paying attention to there's a lot of stuff that is getting undercut titans are undervalued you know or i shouldn't say undervalued i have no idea but titans are getting undercut because of all the confusion of the hierarchy of everything and so you have to make a play that's exciting to you and definitely collect players that you like and teams that you like because you just never know. And that has certainly eased the pain on any bad moves that I've made when it's a Red Sox player because it's like, oh, well, at least I have some more Red Sox in the collection. But uh, yeah, I think that I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the coming months. So I'm looking forward to just being patient. I've got some candy balance ready and uh, and we'll see what that looks like along the way. But uh, yeah, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun, David. We've we've uh, we fizzled out a little bit at the end here. We've been sporadic and this is kind of the, the end of an era here with doing the weekly update, but I've had a lot of fun doing with this, doing this with you every week. I appreciate the energy and the preparation that you have brought each week. I appreciate you keeping me honest. I know that there are plenty more weeks that I would have skipped if I didn't have a partner in crime. So, so thank you. I, I, I'm glad that you commented on that YouTube back in YouTube video back in February. And uh, it's cool that, you know, I think this is the 32nd episode that we've done. And, you know, I'm, I know that we will continue to, to create more things together. Uh, but in this version of the Talking Candy weekly update, it's been a ton of fun. So thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for, you know, thank you for responding and, you know, graciously allowing me to join you in, in this venture. And it's, it's it's been incredible. We we've had great conversations with with collectors, with with baseball players. You know, it, it's not something I I, I particularly saw coming. And you know, I was just someone engaged with candy and looking for a way to to kind of you know express that in, in terms of the the data and analytics that I try and bring to it. And you know, this has been a, a great way to do that. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, shout out to uh, to Jeff Rathgaber, Jordan Romano, Ross Stripling, Usman, Reasonable, all the all the guests. Um, you know, 
everybody in Discord that have, have been helpful along the way and all the input. It's been a ton of fun. And most importantly, thank you to everybody that has watched these videos. It's been cool to have an audience. It's been cool to, to read and respond to the comments and have people ask questions. And, you know, we're all just enjoying this product together. So thank you for watching. And that's it. My name is Nate. That's David. This is the Talking Candy Weekly Update, and we'll see you guys soon.